0: I think a lot of times when people think of putting God first or making him a priority, they think that's the only thing you can do. That when you put him as a priority, it's just God. But I want to say, and let me explain, wait till the end, is I want to say that I think that uh, God does not care if you were to play video games. God does not care if you were to watch a TV show. Obviously, if your parents tell you not to do that type of stuff, like watch a certain TV show, then you shouldn't. But I don't think God cares when, that, when it comes to that. I think he cares if he were to ask you to read your Bible, and then you're like, nah, I'm going to play this video game. I think he cares if he was like, hey, come talk to me, meaning pray, and you're like, nah, I'm going to watch this show. I think that's when he cares, because you're not making him a priority. You're not putting him first. Putting him first means everything else comes second. He's first, and everything else is underneath. So, you may be asking yourself, Noah, why do you have this giant whiteboard here? And what I want is for, oh my gosh, I almost dropped it. Okay. It's a triangle. It's a triangle. I tried to make a pyramid. A yes. <laughs> anyway, so what I want is volunteers, and what I want you to do is to write things that you either like or like to do. So can I have my first volunteer? Ty is in front row. Just write something in here that you like to do. It could be play video games. Nothing crazy, please. Yes, in that triangle. Yeah, in here. Just something that you like to do. You like squares. I mean rectangles, thank you. Anyone else, you're good. Anyone else? Something that you like to do or that you like. Don't worry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fill this thing up. Talking, hey, don't we all? I saw your hand go up. Don't worry, I'm calling on everybody. <laughs> Gaming, understandable, me too. I'm gonna just go around. Whoever raised your hand next, you could just come up here. So I think it was you. Yeah. Yeah. Roller coasters? Understandable. I like roller coasters too. Hanging out with friends. You see, I was going to start writing all this stuff and just like call on y'all, but. I have the worst handwriting in the world. I mean, I have the best handwriting in the world, and I didn't want to embarrass y'all with my great handwriting. I have awful handwriting, I lied. Playing slash watching sports. Ooh, I like that one, too. Last one, you're the last one. Baking. Books? Ooh, I like books too. Anyway, so the reason I had all y'all write this stuff up here is because the reason I left this tiny triangle at the top, or not tiny, but I left this space at the top, is because I'm going to put God here. And hopefully I spelled that correctly. Anyway, I'm just joking. So the reason I put God up here is because he is our main priority. These things, he's okay with us, you know, hanging out with friends. He's okay with Rectangles. He's okay with talking, gaming, baking, roller coasters, playing slash uh, watching sports. And he's okay with us reading books. But he is our main priority. Putting him first. And so I want to read to you Exodus 3, uh, 20, verse 3. It says, you, should have, you shall have no other gods before me. And that word gods is a lowercase three, a lowercase g which means that it's idols, things that we have put ahead of him. May it be playing sports. We may put sports, and I'm not dogging on anybody up here because I believe that everyone who wrote something up here has put God first. I'd like to just believe that. But anyway, you could put gaming above him. You could put all this, but it's saying no other gods above me. How do we, do, how do we put him first? And I love this verse. Hebrews 12.2, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That is how we put him first, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And the rest of the verse says, "The pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God." The pioneer means that he went first, meaning that he's gone before us, and then perfecter in that verse means that he makes things complete. Meaning if you're believing for something and you don't have it, then it's not complete. It's not perfect, right? Because you don't have it. But he perfects it, meaning he makes it complete. Does that make sense? Yes. Question. And I'm not going to look around because I love to believe that all of you guys would answer yes. How many of you guys read your Bible regularly? I'm just going to believe everyone raised their hand and it was amazing. But I believe that this is one way that you put God first. And when I say read your Bible, I know a lot of people say read your Bible, but like, what does that mean? I think it means that you have a set-aside time where you sit down, or maybe you stand, maybe you're a standing reader. I've never met one, but maybe you are. And so maybe you, you sit down and you take out the Bible and you read. You've set aside a point of time to do this. And why do you do it? I think it's because there's always something to learn from the Bible. I think there's always something to learn. I can say that I started probably reading when I was five years old the Bible, and there are still things today that I am still learning. Like I was reading this, I forget where it was, it was somewhere in Matthew, and I read this story that I've read probably countless times, and like something new jumped out at me that made way more sense, and I was like, oh my goodness, this this just works, because God always has something for you to learn. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The reason you know his voice, or the reason you can know his voice, is because you're reading the word. Because God had gave the Bible, gave the prophets the word, and he, so basically, the word is him. So God always has something for you. And I want to challenge you, if you didn't raise your hand, which I believe that everyone in here did. If you didn't raise your hand, I want to challenge you for five minutes a day reading your Bible. Just five, which is not, if you were to take the hours in the day, turn them into minutes and take five minutes, it's not even 1% of your day. It's not even a percent, just five minutes of reading your Bible. And so I believe that uh, things you do now can have an effect on your life for the rest of your life, and that sounds scary, but I think if you do positive things now, you can have a positive effect on the rest of your life. I think if you were to take five minutes a day just reading your Bible and set that time aside, I think you're going to get things that God has for you. And plus, reading is not a bad thing. I know that you probably don't like to read. I didn't like to read for a long time. And I have a younger brother. And what he did is, oh my gosh, it was so annoying. He would, during the summer and like during the school year, he would make us read. Like he would give us a reading list. My younger brother, he's like, he's weird like that. And so, He'd make us read. And I used to hate it. But I do believe that one of the reasons I'm a decent reader today is because I was constantly reading. And so setting aside that time will help you be a good reader. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. When you put him first, when you, I'm going to set this aside. When you set him first, he makes it so that your plans succeed. And I love what Cody just said, and he talked about it two weeks ago. I almost did a whole message just on what he said. He talked about the fact that you're already here, so you might as well just dive in. You might as well just be here. And I used to think when I was, a, when I was your guys' age and back in youth that there's all these other things that I could be doing with my time. But you're here. So there's nothing else you can do with your time because you're already here. Does that make sense? You can't be doing anything else if you're here, because you're here. So you might as well dive in and put him as a priority, making him putting him first. And so, I just I I just think that God. Well, I know that God is a necessity in our lives, not just a want, but a necessity. Matthew 22 37. 37 through 40 says, and, and this is Jesus. Uh, the Pharisees were like trying to ask him, what do you think is the best and the most, uh, what do you think is the commandments that we should follow? Because like if you go back in time, they had like 600 commandments that they had to follow. It was, like 600 rules that you had to just know by, just know. And so Jesus answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is, is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself, and these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And I think by doing this, by putting him first, loving him, that if you love him, you would not ignore him. If you love him, you would know that putting him first is a good thing. If you love him, you would set aside that time. And then Colossians 3:17 says, "And whatever you do in words, in deeds, in everything, in the name do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him." If you're if you put him first in everything you do, then you wouldn't ignore him because you're putting him first. If you listen to him, you would not ignore him. And I'm not saying it lightly when I say that he's a necessity because I feel like it's a common thing to be said that God is needed in your life. But I truly do mean it because with God in your life, He allows you to just be able to live your best life. I think that there's a difference between living and surviving. Living, I, I talked about this in uh, Tithes and Offerings once, is living is like you're going through life. And like it said in Proverbs 16.3, It says, your plans will succeed if you commit yourself to the Lord. I think that's, that's how living is, is you're going through life, and problems do come up, because problems do come. But when they do come, you're able to tackle them, you're able to go through them. But surviving, how many of you guys in here have ever forgotten that you had a test the next day or like next class? And then you get this like awful gut feeling where it's like, what am I gonna do? I'm stressed out, I don't know what to do. That's what I imagine surviving as, is it's just this constant feeling of, like, anguish. You you don't know what you're going to do next. You're just barely making it. And so God doesn't want us to live like that. Not just that, but he also wants us, he also makes you thrive in situations. He wants you to, he brings things to our remembrance. He gives us the mind of Christ and wisdom. So when we put him first, he's able to remind us that we have a test tomorrow. When we put him first, he's able to give us the mind so that we're able to remember and study that type of stuff. He helps us. But I want to ask the question, how are you treating God? Are you treating him like he's actually the God of your life? Or are you treating him like he's another task you have to complete? Because he's not another task. He's a resolution. He's not another problem that we have to go throughout the week because I know that Wednesdays sometimes just seem like another Wednesday before Thursday before, Friday before, and then you're finally at the weekend. But it's he's not another hurdle. He's a problem solver. And he's, he's way more important. Like, I, I don't think I can iterate it enough that if this was not important, I would not be here. If I didn't believe that God was real, if I didn't believe that going to church was important, if I didn't believe that he was important, I would not be up on stage talking about him. And I don't know how else to say it other than that. Like, he is, he is worth it, he's important. He's, putting him first and making him a priority is, is a necessity. Why? Because it says in Philippians 4.19, it says, and God will supply every, every need of yours according to his riches and glory. Every need, when you're putting him first, he's able to supply for you everything. Not just that, in Matthew 6, 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. When you put him first, it allows you to have everything that you need. Say there's that test. When you're putting, when you're putting him first, he makes it easy to study. Because I know the Lord, when I was in school, dude, it was so hard to study, so hard to focus. But putting him first as a priority, he makes it easy to study. He makes it so you're never lacking. He will bless you. And I I just want to say this statement and then I'll come back to it. We tend to take advantage of the relationship we have with him. It seems like sometimes we always want something from him. When we're in a situation, you know, we're going through something, we're like, God help me. But never are we to go to God and be like, what can I do for you? Like, what can I do for you? Oh, you want me to spend five minutes of my day reading the Bible? Nah, I can't do that. But then when I'm in trouble, I'm like, oh, help me. Like, how jacked up is that? Some of us have been in church our whole lives, and so today, days like today are just another Wednesday. It's just another Wednesday before next week's Wednesday before next week's Wednesday. But that's not true. In John 3, 3.30 it says, but he must increase, he must increase, but I must decrease. Meaning that I need to put him first so that I can be second. So that I can have whatever he has for me. Because like I said, when you're putting him first, it's not like you're losing. He allows us to do all these things over here. Be a rectangle, talk, <laughs> talking and riding on roller coasters. He allows us to do that stuff. But putting him first isn't, isn't a knock. It, it's, it's more like a lift up. It's said that your plans will succeed. We shouldn't treat God like another task, like something that we have to do. Don't go around salsa dancing with the world and with God. Choose God, because he's going to help you through everything. And then I want to end with the same verse I started with, Matthew six twenty four, it says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And like I said, to take it even further, you can't serve God and the world. And so, uh, I want to pray us out. Bow your heads. I thank you, Lord, that we take you seriously, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we put you as a priority in our life that we're going to take the steps to put you first, to set our eyes on you. And I thank you, Lord, for all this. In Jesus' name, amen.